Hello, happy Friday, October 7th. The final preseason game has ended and the Penguins get the 7-1 to win over the Buffalo Sabres. And we are now, when you're probably listening to this, five days away from regular season hockey in the Berg. We're going to go over the full game tonight against the Sabres. A lot of good stuff to get to. Ty Smith's brilliance. POJ coming into the lineup, Cindy Crosby and Jake Ensel flashing their brilliance behind the net and on the power play, Tristan Jari's performance, all that plus so much more. That's coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. Apologies for this episode being so late. You know, I had a really <clears throat> tough mental health day with just a couple things going on. In my life, but one main thing, I'm, I'm not going to really get into it, but you know, the hockey game tonight definitely, you know, put me in a better mood and I'm really glad to be doing this podcast time right now. A quick PSA to everyone. Um, if you are going to the game against Tampa Bay next Saturday, eight days from now, maybe seven when you're listening to this, um, let me know. I actually secured a ticket for that game. I will be in Pittsburgh at PPG Paints Arena for the first time in quite a while. Um, I'll be sitting, um, I think section... 200 something I, I have to look at the ticket but it's a little a little high up but you know if you're going let me know you know we can meet up you know have a drink or something and at the game and you know we'll just talk penguins hockey i'd love to meet some of you all that listen to the show and you know that that would be, that would be awesome but you know getting into tonight's game against the buffalo sabers a seven to one thrashing by the penguins um but for i guess the first big takeaway they are definitely ready for the regular season they outclassed the sabers every way possible at even strength at least the penguins controlled 51% of the shot attempts in the offensive zone. They also controlled 61% of the scoring chances compared to 39% for Buffalo. High danger was about 50-50. Um, <clears throat> Sabres actually controlled the expected goals, funny enough, but they were also outscored 6-0 at even strength. If you go to all situations, the Penguins controlled 51% of the shot attempts. They also controlled 60% of the scoring chances, lost the high danger battle, lost the expected goals battle, but you know, <clears throat> mostly they, they dominated the underlying numbers. Um, and then Tristan Jari, of course, was able to slam the door on numerous occasions. Um, outside of that, from, from an individual perspective, um, if Ty Smith is not on this team next week to start the season against the Arizona Coyotes, there is something seriously wrong with the evaluations of the front office and the coaching staff. Um, he was electric tonight against the Sabres, had a really nice goal, kind of a harmless shot through a lot of traffic, but still, you know, I like when he's firing the puck through there. Um, had a couple of gorgeous dishes um, for assists. Uh, he was just a one-man wrecking crew with the puck. But that version of Ty Smith that you saw tonight, that is what he did his entire rookie year in New Jersey before he stunk last year. He was dominant all night long, and if he plays like that for the entire regular season and is okay defensively, you know, the Penguins are going to look A-okay in that Marino trade. Um, <clears throat> in my opinion, he definitely secured his spot in the opening night lineup 
with this game. I, I know they have salary cap concerns. I totally get that. But um, <clears throat> I think right now, if he's not in your top six, um, there is something wrong with you. They're going to have to be, be creative to keep Smith in there just because of their cap situation right now. Even sending, even I think just waving Mark Freeman is not going to do it. Um, and it's the same thing with POJ. And they may have to lose 2D. You know, it, maybe they're going 13 forwards, seven defensemen, two goalies. You know, maybe they're putting Ryan Paling on waivers, but I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, I think that would make little sense after they just acquired him. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And the Jeff Petrie trade, but they are going to have to get creative. But that said, um, Smith is very deserving of a roster spot. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Jeez. And he showed that in a big way tonight. Um, outside of him, we, um, POJ did get into the lineup tonight, played with Jeff Petrie. And this was something I talked about on my episode on Thursday. I thought he was going to get in as kind of like a last gasp, like, okay, show us who you can do. It's time to, you know, it's not up or shut up time as you know, from, from zombie land and all that stuff. But, um, <clears throat> I just don't think he did enough tonight to warrant an, a roster spot on this team. That said, I tweeted about this after the game. I think, I don't think the coaching staff wants to lose him for nothing. Um, if they put him on waivers, there's a chance that another team could take him. But again, there's just, there's so many fringe NHL players that are on waivers <clears throat> on, a, on an everyday basis that I don't really know if, if a team will take a chance on him. So I think that, you know, they have a really tough decision with him there. <clears throat> that said, I, I think he did struggle a little bit playing next to Petrie. I just don't like that pairing as a whole. I, I mean, I didn't really like Petrie's performance either. Kind of looked a step slow. And I know he hasn't had like the best preseason in rookie, um, well, rookie camp, training camp, excuse me, but <clears throat> it's preseason and training camp. I mean, give it 20, 25 games. If he's still looking bad, then, you know, y'all can come to me with that discussion. But as for POJ, just did not see enough from him to warrant um, a top six spot during the season. Now, Again, could he still make the team and be like that number eight guy? Sure, you know, definitely could. But as of right now, I just don't, I just don't see it. Um, I, I, I don't know. Some something they're gonna, they're gonna have to do something there. Um, that's for sure. You know, it, it, may, may, maybe they do keep him, but you know, I think there's a very distinct possibility that they dump him and um, Friedman. Um, I, I, I think Friedman. I talked about this in my Thursday episode as well. He is someone that I don't think is that well known around the league. I think he would definitely be, you know, between him and like someone like Chad Ruedel, oh, I would trust way more that he would go unclaimed than someone like Ruedel. And I've seen some people on Penguin Twitter tonight were saying like, oh, they should, should they should wave Ruedel. Why would you do that? <clears throat> he is a perfect depth defenseman. I know he played a lot of minutes last year. He doesn't deserve to probably be demoted to a number seven or number eight role. But if you lose him, your depth takes a hit. I would much rather have him in the lineup than Freeman. And I, I mean, no offense to Freeman. I think he's a fine player. But Ruido, in my eyes, better puck mover, better defender, cheap. They got him for basically nothing. Um, you know, when they originally got him a few years ago and they've turned, they've blocked, they've turned him into a competent bottom pairing initial defenseman. Why would you want to get rid of that for no reason? I just, I don't really understand that. You know, I, I mean, also he makes so little, he makes barely above the league minimum. I don't even think that puts them under the cap. If I can, if I, I mean, so I don't get that move um, <clears throat> at all. Um, also great to see, just moving on a little bit, uh, Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, they are very much ready for the regular season. After the first couple goals tonight, I was kind of just ready to be like, okay, you know, you can just bench them now, Mike. I don't need to see 
that potentially get hurt or anything just because the Penguins injury curse knows no bounds. Um, first goal with, from Yad Gensel, great pass behind the goal line from Sid. I mean, Jake was wide open in front of the net. He's going to bury that 10 out of 10 times. So it wasn't a surprise there. Then, you know, Sid, he was able to uh, get a really nice goal um, on the power play, just rip that top cheese um, past the Sabres netminder. Both had really strong games. Um, they are going to be absolute monsters this year um, for the Penguins. So that wraps up uh, some thoughts from tonight's game. Coming up the second set, we're going to get into some more thoughts, um, especially um, Tristan Jari's performance. Also going to get into Danton Heinen's goal and how great that was. Um, and so much more coming up um, really soon on this episode. But before I get to that, i got to put my wonderful thing on the screen for those that watch on YouTube. BetOnline is your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysts on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continuous source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest, easiest way to check in all of your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf. You can head to BetOnline or use your phone to learn more. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO <clears throat> underscore Penguins. Um, catching up a couple of the other goals that were scored tonight. That Danton Heinen goal was chef's kiss, as I like to say. Um, just also shout out to Jeff Carter. Great pass while falling to the ice at the right corner. Um, right by, well, it's not really the goal line, but kind of like the red line behind the net. Great pass to the center. Heinen's able to corral it with his backhand. Go forehand, tuck it under the pad of the Sabres netminder. Um, just really nice hands from Heinen there. And, you know, I can't say enough how underpaid he is. I think he's going to have another good season. Now, is he going to score 18 to 20 this year? Kind of a little pessimistic. I'm kind of being a little pessimistic with that. I'm, I'm going to say no. But should he be good to 12 to fit for 12 to 15 goals this year? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, he is one of their best at forwards. He can play on the second line if needed. He's probably going to start on the third line with Kasperi Kapanen and Jeff Carter. Um, and I think that's a totally fine place for him. Really nice goal from him tonight. I think he's going to have another um, good year. Brian Russ was also able to get on the score sheet tonight. I thought he also <clears throat> played a pretty solid game. And, you know, we, you all know what you're going to get from Rust. Probably <clears throat> 20, 25 goals, 50, 55 points. You know, sure he's getting up the air and age at some point, but you know, you you know what he's good for. He's a good top six winger on this team. I would kind of be surprised if he got 60, 65 points. Wouldn't would wouldn't put it past him just because he's one of their better goal scorers. But I think at least this year he's probably good for like a 20, 25, 45 stat line or 20, 30, 50 stat line, 20, 35, or 25, like 30 stat line, something like that. Um, really nice goal from him tonight as well. From a lineup perspective, nothing really. I, I guess surprised me. I mean, general, I know Danny um, Shari put out the lines and it, it, I thought for a second, I was like, wait, is Teddy Bluger playing tonight? Cause he just joined the team for the skate this morning. Full con- I think he was full contact. Um, but no, Ryan Paling took his place. Um, <clears throat> Gensel Crosby Raquel, that is going to be your first line when the Penguins play the Coyotes next week. Zucker Malkin Rust, Heinen Carter Capitan. That is going to be your top nine next week when the Penguins open the season. That's just, they've been experimenting that in training camp for a long time now. Um, Well, I shouldn't really say a long time. I think for the last week, week and a half, um, that is going to be your top nine 
when the Penguins open the season against the Coyotes. Fourth line, it gets a little bit interesting, um, <clears throat> but I'm sure McGinn and Bluger are going to be on that line. I know Paling was taking Bluger's place tonight. That leads me to believe that Archibald has the, I guess, the inside track. And honestly, um, I, I think I, I was reading a tweet earlier. I, I wasn't around much today, if I can find um, this tweet here real quick. Um, Mike Sullivan was talking about Archibald today uh, during his press conference, and he goes, I think he's one of those guys that can help us build and sustain momentum with the way he plays. He's on the puck, he's tenacious, and he's hard to play against. Um, <clears throat> this is a very typical Mike Sullivan kind of player. And, you know, Jeff Withenow, who has been on this show before, he he ran the Pens blog. Um, I know he changed his out so many times, um, and he's a great follow on Penguins Twitter. Um, he made a great point with his tweet saying, like, you know, Sully loves guys on the wings that can skate hard in a straight line to attack the puck. You know, will, will someone like Archibald score? Probably not, but they're little rats to play against, and it's worked for his entire tenure. Honestly, I hadn't really thought about that at this point, but <clears throat> it does make sense. Someone like Dominic Simone comes to mind, for example. He drove a lot of the fan base crazy. I understand that just because he did not score a lot. But, you know, he was a very Mike Sullivan player because, you know, he would drive play, good playmaker, someone who can basically do it all on any line. And I'm not saying Archibald can do it all just because he's never really been that good of a scorer. I mean, he's had a couple seasons with double-digit goals, but that's it. But he's the kind of player that, you know, Mike Sullivan likes to throw out there on his bottom six that, you know, can cause havoc, you know, make a couple of big checks. I mean, I'm not – he's not – Kyle Clutterbuck over here or something like that. But, you know, he can be hard on the puck, steal possession time in the offensive zone, and, you know, just skate a straight line and, and, and play his system to a T. And I think that's what Sullivan has been looking for from him. And I think that's what he's really noticed um, throughout training camp and on um, the preseason. Um, and, and even Jeff has said this. He goes, go back and, you know, watch video um, of even Dom Simone, you know, his stick is always hacking and whacking his opponents try to force turnovers. You know, that's basically what Josh Archibald is going to be this year. And, you know, I guess I haven't noticed that as much. I, I guess I didn't really make that comparison um, when I've watched Archibald during the preseason, but um, <clears throat> it's definitely, I'll say this, it's not hard to see why Sullivan likes him. And it's not hard to see why he is probably going to be in the starting lineup against the Arizona Coyotes. And, you know, it's definitely going to be a battle between him and Paling. For the, for the entire season, if the team, you know, is healthy for a lot of the season, knock on wood, of course. <clears throat> but, you know, right now, it's Archibald's spot to lose. You know, we can gripe about it. You all know my thoughts on that. I've talked about that at length on this show numerous times. I'm not going to waste any more time. But, you know, for better or worse, he's going to be in this lineup, I think, for a lot of games. And I think everyone is just going to have to, um, you know, live with it. Um, basically, you know, it was interesting to see Marcus Pedersen scratched for this game moving on a little bit. But, you know, I think it, for anyone that thinks he's going to get traded in the next week or something like that, uh, no, no. You know, if, if he's getting scratched, uh, he's just basically being rested um, at this point. And, you know, I know for POJ, you know, he was in there as a last gasp, but, you know, he also could be, he also could have been showcased um, to some teams and that kind of stuff. Doom and Latang, they looked fine. Um, I thought Doom and Skating looked a lot better in this game. Um, compared to a couple of preseason games ago, Latang, you all know what you're going to get in with him. Jan Ruta, steady as ever. Excited to watch him this year on the bottom pairing. And then Tristan Jari, really nice tune-up performance. Only allowed the one goal. I believe it was a shorthand breakaway. Um, I think it was what hit, hit um, Hinnestroza that scored it. Um, 
do want that stuff cleaned up. I don't want to be seeing a lot of shorthand breakaway goals during the season. It was, it was just a couple seasons ago, funny enough. The Penguins were like top five in the league in shorthanded goals against, like least shorthanded goals against you. This is usually not really a problem for them, but then last year um, the issue crept up a little bit um, and they were kind of like in the middle of the pack. But, you know, the last couple of years before that, you know, usually had one of the best numbers in the league when it comes to short, uh, least shorthanded goals against. So um, definitely looking forward to see how that is this year. Um, it all comes down to, for me at least, um, Penguins just can't be careless with the puck in that zone. You know, you got to make sure, you know, your passes are crisp, you know, they're on point. You're not making these high-risk plays, to lead, which leads to two-on-ones. You know, when the power play is not right, you know, you're seeing them make a lot of high-risk plays. And then that turns into a lot of shorthanded rushes. And then you're just seeing them play, you know, hot potato with the puck, basically. So um, outside of that shorthanded Golden Knight, power play was totally fine. They, again, they even had a power play, a power play Golden Knight. Um, I'm totally fine with that unit going into the season. Now, if they struggle, you know, you, you all are going to hear it from me. That's for sure. But right now, I'm totally fine with it, um, to say the least. But that wraps up the second segment for the episode. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to get into um, a couple of other things regarding the Penguins and, you know, just how fired up I am um, now that the preseason is over and, you know, when I think um, the final full cuts um, are going to be made. So stick around for that coming up in the final segment. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Um, funny, just noticing that there apparently was an NHL trade tonight as I'm recording this. Um, and it looks like, if I can find this here, oh, so the Blackhawks, Traded for Jason Dickinson in a second round pick, and the Canucks get Riley Stillman. So nice little late night trade action there. Um, the Blackhawks have been very open about them being open to taking on some money. <clears throat> you know, they basically need anything at this point. I could honestly see them being as like a Friedman POJ <clears throat> destination, just because we all know that they're tanking. And if they trade for one of one of them and they, they, they play good under them. They can flip them at the trade deadline and get an asset or two for them. So do not be surprised when the Penguins, they, they figure out what they want to do on defense. Um, if the Blackhawks potentially come calling and then they maybe make a trade for one of those two players or, you know, they potentially claim one off waivers because I think that would be a really, both of them would be really easy flip candidates at the deadline next March. Um, that's a team that everyone knows it's going to be bad. They're taking on Jason Dickinson's contract. He's not even that good of a player. I think they would potentially be down to take on one of those two contracts. But the Penguins, especially just because POJ and Mark Friedman, um, they don't make a lot of money, to say the least. But um, right now, the Penguins roster stands at 25 players. Well, Philip Lindbergh um, was backing up tonight, but he will be sent down to Wilkes-Barre, I assume, really sorely. So 26, but it's going to be 25. Sam Poulin did not play tonight. I do not think he's going to make this team out of camp. I think he had a really strong camp and a good preseason. I think he's definitely worked his way up in the organizational depth chart, but I just don't think he's there yet. He, he's close. He's really close. And the fact that, you know, they were willing to put Zahorna on waivers and even lose him. Um, I think that goes to show me at least that they're really high on Poulain right now. And it's been, you know, <clears throat> a 180 compared to last year when, you know, basically no one was talking about him as being a candidate to make the main roster coming out of this year's camp. So he definitely had a really good camp in a preseason. Don't think it's going to be enough. Um, that said, 
I'm sure when the inevitable injury bug hits for the Penguins, um, he's going to be one of the first call-ups. Um, he did not make it to one of the final two to three cuts for no reason. They obviously saw something in him with the move to center, with you know his offensive ability, and even his improvement on defense and, and the others in the defensive zone that they liked, and you know they were able to keep him all the way at the end. You know, stinks that he didn't get in the final preseason game, but you know to me that means he's not going to make the team. So then you're down to 24 players, and again, you know I've rehashed this stuff so many times. It comes down to what they want to do with with their defense. You know, do they want to carry a full 23 man roster in there with 13 forwards, eight defensemen, and two goalies? That's up to them. Do they want to do 13-7-2 to do 22-man roster? They could do that as well. Um, it's honestly whatever they want um, at this point. You know, again, they could easily send Ty Smith down because of their cap problems. But I don't think if you do that, I don't think you're dressing your best six defensemen when the season starts. So that's my thoughts on that. I think everything um, else tonight, again, Really smooth performance. This team is ready for the regular season. And I will say this now. Um, I saw a follower tweet this. I'll, I'll say this as well. I've been saying this all offseason. Um, I'm glad that he was able to agree with me. This team has constructed. They're a fringe cup contender. They're good for about 100 to 100, 105 points this year. It all depends on the goaltending and the health of the big three and the supporting cast. Um, if this team can be fully healthy going to a playoff run and actually get good goaltending, I think they can make a lot of noise. I don't think um, a lot of people are, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't think enough people are taking the Penguins seriously this season just because, you know, they made a lot of changes over the offseason. They're maybe not as deep. But I can tell you, with that top six, the way it's constructed right now, with the improved defense and the goaltending um, from both Jari and DeSmith in the preseason and training camp, um, I think this is a team that people are sleeping on and they should easily be a top three lock for the Metropolitan Division pending injuries. They also, of course, have Mike Sullivan behind the bench. Um, but, you know, I'm so happy that preseason is basically over with at this point. Um, I'm sure they're going to have some more practices <clears throat> um, this weekend just to wrap some things up. And then next week is when they'll really just get down to, you know, practicing for the regular season at this point. They'll have their 23, 22, 23-man roster all set. Um at that point. So regular season begins when you're, when you're all listening to this in about five days, um, can't come soon enough. Uh, I am so ready to be back recapping regular season games, previewing games um, as well. I have a lot of fun stuff coming next week. I have a good episode coming on Monday, Tuesday, Nick Horwan, Nick Berlansky of Tippy Iceberg are going to be joining the show for the first time in quite a while. I love their show. I'm so glad that they're going to be coming on mine. Wednesday, we're going to have a full game preview for the game against Arizona. Thursday, full game recap. And then Friday, I'll be previewing the game against San Bay, which, <clears throat> excuse me, I will be in attendance for. And I am so fired up to go to that game, too. So, again, thank you all for listening to this episode. You know, we've made it to basically the regular season at this point. And, you know, just want to thank you all so much for sticking with me during the offseason. But that will do it for this one. Hope you all have a great rest of your Friday and a great weekend. I'll talk to you all on Monday.